9424. Praise be Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the GRN Alive Labor Day Special here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. It is September 7th, 2020, Monday, 23rd week in ordinary time. And uh, that, that, that was my best Joe McLean imitation, <laughs> I got to tell you. <laughs> You're thinking, wait Fantastic a, job. You're thinking, wait a second, that's not Joe McLean. And I, I, just, I, can't, I can't imitate Joe McLean, but I just want to tell you that uh, my name is Dave Palmer. I'm typically the host of the Friday GRN Live and Joe and the team in Houston do a splendid job every Monday, but Joe and his family have picked up and I think they got an RV and they are on their way driving to Montana. So and, if you hear uh, praise be Jesus Christ in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> you know Joe's driving down the freeway. And so, <laughs> uh, and you hear all these other voices because we're doing something really interesting today. And uh, let me just say also, uh, pray for Joe because he's on a big long road trip. He's with his family. He's heading out uh, among other things. He's on a family retreat and he's also going to be going to I believe give some talks at a Kingsman retreat um, and his movie, which we'll be talking about here in a moment, The Other Side of Fear, is going to be uh, played for these men. So pray for them, pray for the whole McLean clan, and what an absolute blast uh, it is going to be. And uh, as I said, my name is Dave Palmer, and we are doing something really cool today because for the first time ever, we are combining the North Texas studio with the South, uh, the Houston studio. Let's just East say Texas, that. Southeast Texas. <laughs> I never know where the geographically I should place you guys, but, uh, that was the voice of, uh, of Tim Mott, uh, and Tim is joining us as is Teresa Kamara, and uh, she's, you know, they're the regulars on Mondays, and so we've got the crew here also, uh, Alex Trevino, joining me as usual, on, typically on Fridays. How you doing, Alex? Doing great, doing great. This is so cool. And of course, Cecil Anderson. <laughs> I'm here. All <laughs> right, so all five of us doing a show together. Wow, who would have thought it, it would ever happen like this? So great. <laughs> I'm to, super pumped up. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alex has been on for a few weeks now, and he runs, among many other things, uh, Mission 180. Last Friday, we were talking about that specifically. You gave away some rosaries. It was a great yeah, segment. Yeah, more than I bargained for, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was awesome, though. It was great seeing all the people come in, sign up. So uh, you're all getting some really beautiful handmade rosaries, courtesy of Mission 180, in the in the Mission 180 colors. So Oh, wow, look yeah. at that. And uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of turn the tables a little bit. Even though it's the Houston day to do GRN Live, I'm going to ask Tim and Teresa a couple of questions about themselves, okay? And Because uh, I, I listen to them every Monday, and of course I know Tim pretty well, but I don't know if the audience really gets to know a lot about him, because mm. Tim's doing the news, and Teresa just does a wonderful job with pro-life. Before that, though, let me just say that we have some very exciting news at the Guadalupe Radio Network that I want to share. Uh, Len Oswald, our president, sent out uh, an email to all of us on Friday, and we kind of, I kind of knew this was coming, but this is the official announcement that the Guadalupe Radio Network has signed an asset purchase agreement to acquire a radio station in Tyler, Texas. Woo. Now, so, so I know you know the answer to this, and I know <laughs> Tim, you do as well. The call letters couldn't be more perfect. I know. K E E S. 
Like the keys, keys. to the yeah. kingdom of God. I mean, come on. Was this like meant to be? I mean, <laughs> it really was. Uh, Don't even have to change him. And it's 14.30 a.m., which Tim yes! and Teresa pointed out. <laughs> That's pretty that cool. That makes our life easier. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in Gladewater, Texas, northeast of Tyler. Of course, this is the diocese headed by... Uh, Bishop Strickland. Yeah. Yeah. Bishop Strickland, yes. So you know, boy, the, the lots of support. It's going to cover Tyler, Longview, Kilgore, the Interstate 20 corridor, uh, and we're expecting to begin programming in the end of October or early November. Wouldn't it be cool, like All, awesome. All Saints Day to start? Yeah. Oh, that'd, that'd be awesome. Be fantastic, yes. Uh, all right. Well, I'm talking a whole lot too much, so I apologize. <laughs> but uh, let, let me just, I, I want to ask Tim a, a couple of questions. Like I said, typically Tim will do a newscast. You may ju- chime in a little bit. but uh, I have to say, normally that early in the morning, I'm saving my energy for my own show, which airs <laughs> in Houston at noon. Now, if I spend it Promo. all on Joe's show, there's nothing left for me. Yeah, I see you on camera, like doing your show prep. Is that what you're doing during the... Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's me posting the, the links on the Facebook, our oh, show notes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I, I do but, pride myself on that, though. All right. So, uh, again, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tim, one thing that you and I have in common, other than I just found out a few minutes ago, a love for St. Thomas Aquinas, which uh, is that you and I both attend Ordinariate of the Chair of St. Peter Parishes, mm-hmm. which a lot of people may not even know what that is. But uh, uh, I, I, that, that's pretty cool. What, what exactly does that mean? Well, it, it's it's a, a, an ecclesial, ecclesial structure kind of like a diocese, though not geographically oriented like a diocese, but it's designed for people like me. Um, I was I grew up Baptist. I fell in love with liturgy at a high church Anglican church, and so I, I had never encountered liturgy, liturgy before, and I was just absolutely fell in love with the beauty of it. I'm still kind of skeptical about those sacraments, but going to that church over and over again got me used to the idea of sacraments, and then when the Episcopal church, you know, morally fell apart, um, and it divided and there's so many different factions and such bitter infighting uh, in the Episcopal Church, um, I felt without a home. Um, And then uh, someone recommended that I I go visit Our Lady of Walsingham uh, here in Houston, uh, the the ordinary cathedral here in in Houston. At the time, it was just the principal church that wasn't a cathedral yet. Um, And so I visited, and it felt like home. It felt exactly like the way God spoke to me, the, the liturgy I was used to, but is 100% in communion with the Vatican. And yeah. so it's uh, that's what the ordinary is for. It's for helping um, enrich the life of the Latin rite of the, of the Roman Church through um, rich, rich uh, traditions in the English Church that uh, kind of, you know, were outside of the, the Catholic Church for a while, but now can be brought in full communion. Wow, I could not have explained it as well as you just did. I mean, I'm, I'm, sure glad, I'm glad I asked you two and not me. Because, see, I'm not a former Anglican, and I'm not a convert. Right. Uh, we, we uh, just, so what, we, well, what made you go to uh, St. Uh, Mary the Virgin, right? Oh, yeah. turning it around on Dave. I like <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> I like that. Well, well played there, Tim Mott. Uh, you know, we, we, moved to North, we moved back to North Texas because we had lived in Midland for a little while, while you know, when I first started with the GRN. And my wife is actually British. My wife is from Northern Ireland, which is part of Britain. And the... the, the the parish in North Texas, unlike I think you and also San Antonio, is is a small parish. It's very mm. very small. The sanctuary holds like two hundred people, and it was small at the time. It had this English pastor named Father Alan Harkins, <laughs> and it just seemed right for us. There was kind of that kind of British angle, and, and of course it's very reverent. And uh, you know, we there's there's incense and the altar rail and reception of the tongue and a lot of the things that we were looking for in a very traditional. Uh, 
uh, type of parish. Uh, have you heard of the ordinary now? Uh, I was going to say, I've for for twenty five years, I've been involved with Our Lady of the Atonement in San oh, Antonio. Yeah. And it was, you know, way before the ordinariate. So it was during the pastoral provision of 1980, which granted that parish permission to, you know, come into the Catholic yeah. Church. My priest married five kids. Everybody gets weirded out when they see that. But it's <laughs> perfectly in line with the Vatican, so it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a beautiful thing growing up, you know, just seeing different people from different cultures, people who don't even speak English, but are so drawn to the beauty of the old English and to the reverence at Mass. And so they're willing to drive an hour, yeah. an hour and a half to go to Sunday Mass there. Um, just to be able to experience that, so I, I have a, a really fond uh, love and respect, tremendous amount of love and respect for the for the personal ordinary. And now that Bishop Lopes is there, and you know now it's uh, it's becoming a much bigger deal than I would have I could have ever dreamed. Uh, yeah. It's really beautiful to see. Pretty cool. All right, Tim. So now we got to know a little bit about you. And now you, you've got a wife and how many kids? Two kids, uh, fourteen and eight. All right, very good. All right, and Teresa Kamara. Is uh, a regular voice on the Monday show. I'm I'm kind of the guy who's kind of intruding in. I mean, this is y'all's show. I don't know why I'm all of a sudden asking all the questions. You should you should be asking me questions. But uh, Teresa, I am curious because I listen to you every Monday, and I, I always enjoy your deep spirituality. Obviously, your love for life, and I'm I'm curious how. A couple of questions. First of all, your work with Houston Coalition for a Life. How you got started with that, and also how you and Joe came together so that you were kind of you know a, a regular feature on the Monday show. Sure. Well, um, so I actually grew up in the pro-life movement. I have been involved since I was a little kid. So I just thought it was something everybody did to go out and pray outside of an abortion facility. And I learned from a very early age that a lot of compassion for those for the poor women who were going in who felt like they had no other choice and but that also like the desire to offer them the ability to see a way out to see a way out of a crisis pregnancy so to me it was a very um, natural uh, organic growth that I had growing up um, but I didn't really plan to get involved <laughs> until I retired like I had a whole you know career scheme you know if you will on some on some level and um then I had a, a friend who was uh, very, very vocal in the pro-life movement in the Houston area, and um, she would encourage me to get involved at the first crisis pregnancy center that had opened in Houston. And I was like, no, 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 like, these girls and I have nothing in common. And then she said, why don't you just try it? So I was like, I'll give you one year. She's like, okay, give me two. <laughs> so I went and uh, loved it, and it was beautiful, and I got a chance to work one-on-one with the moms and, and really offer them assistance and see women changing their mind about abortion, you know, on a on a pr- very routine basis and then I just realized I needed to focus my time more also on volunteers and being able to empower more people to be that voice in the community because I could see how people responded to that face of hope and they responded to that so like it basically like making a whole bunch of people who could be that that face of the pro-life movement in the community and so I've been able to do that and train sidewalk counselors so with Houston Coalition for Life I actually coordinate prayer outside of four abortion facilities. Um, I train sidewalk counselors and um, I also do a lot of the outreach um, talking at events and and just, um, so my connection with Joe <laughs> that leads to my connection <laughs> with Joe I came in, I was doing radio spots and I would have to, you know, write them up and record them for my job and he was like, hey, can you record a, a spot for GRN? And I was like 
sure. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I totally believe in y'all's work, so why not? We and can so, recognize talent when we see it. <laughs> so I, I, and so I just I stumbled through the first one, and I just said a little prayer, and I stumbled through, almost through the second one, and I just, like, all of a sudden, it was like everything smoothed out, like, as I felt like I was, you know, and it worked out, and Joe said, hey, do you want to come in and help me interview for this pro-life you know, segment, yeah. and I helped him with that, and then he just kind of said, "Why don't you come on again? Like, can you talk to your boss?" And so, so yeah, it's been it's been a gift. But I have to admit, part of the reason that um, I'm so glad that you're here today is because I really do enjoy being the sidekick. <laughs> I really do I enjoy that. that, and so, um, and I would say I, I enjoy that in a lot of areas of my life, being the sidekick. So, um, getting to be you know front runner is is not necessarily my cup of tea. So, I appreciate your. your you're leading the charge today. All for right. Sure. Uh, well, we got uh, five of us, and it's kind of kind of fun to do it this way and cross you know across these two studios like that. So, all right. So that's Teresa Kamara, and again, you're listening to the GRN Live special Labor Day show. Uh, and uh, of course, we're in the twenty three third week of ordinary time. We've got me, and we got Cecil and Alex here, and then down in uh, Houston, we've got uh, Tim and Teresa. I do want to mention that in the second segment of the program today, we're going to be laser focused focused on the life issues. And I've asked Teresa to just kind of lead the discussion about a little bit, Alex, like what we talked about on Friday is that, you know, abortion is still the big issue. I mean, there's a lot of other issues that are getting a lot of attention in the culture right now, but abortion really is the issue. And so she's going to kind of lead that discussion. I'm really excited. The third segment today, uh, we're going to have a guest on the third segment, Anastasia uh, Northrop uh, with the National Catholic Catholic Singles Conference. In fact, they have a virtual conference coming up for singles uh, later on this month. And among the five of us, two are single and three are happily married, right? Take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I want to real quickly talk in the few minutes we have remaining until the break uh, about a couple of movies. Uh, I want to talk about Joe's The Other Side of Fear. But before we do that... Uh, Teresa, you finally got a chance to see the Fatima movie, right? Yes, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And I I think one of the things that um, helped me to appreciate it more was just the ability for to watch that father figure come in and yeah. really just like be there and be real with his daughter and be real about the fact that his wife was struggling with believing her children like legitimately so she yeah. she really struggled with that um but just to be able to see um how lucia as a child responded to our ladies ask request for penance and for praying the rosary and how and just watching how the father believed and that that to me was was so moving and so powerful because sometimes we can't see the whole picture and yet we we see enough that we like we want to believe where god is leading us and so we we take that act of faith and um but yeah it was it was i think i would have appreciated it more if i had known more about our lady of fatima but at the same time i think that kept me from being held back by some of the frustrations that I heard from people like she wasn't on a cloud or she wasn't over a bush yeah, or whatever. Right, right. You know, okay, I'm sorry, the special effects team didn't do their job. <laughs> <laughs> so. I wonder how Alex would have done it. You know, I mean, how. Yeah, you... also ask me tomorrow because I still haven't yeah, seen yeah, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Dallas so, Station's being On a scale down. of one to ten, how shamed should these two be for having uh, not seen Fatima yet, no. Teresa? I mean, it's been out a week now. Oh, oh, over a week, over a week, a week and a half. Yeah. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Don't, don't feel bad, Sizzle. Okay. People right. keep texting I feel, me. I feel bad. <laughs> 
I feel bad. I feel so. bad for Sissel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. It's uh, FatimaTheMovie.com. And then uh, I think Tim and I may be the only ones that have seen The Other Side I've of Fear. It. Oh, yo, you've seen The I've, Other I've Side of Fear. I've seen that. Oh, okay. Well, it. I take that back. <laughs> See, so I've Alex seen is it. the only one who hasn't seen minutes. it. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you real quickly my reaction because it probably is the most dramatic. And then you guys can jump in uh, in the, the, the few minutes that we have remaining here. The Other Side of Fear is the movie that Joe made. Uh, and it is like he is emptying himself out. And he talks about. I don't want to give it away because it's an interesting way that he formats the movie, but let's just say he, he kind of lays it all out, leaves himself very vulnerable. I was watching it last summer. My family was gone in Ireland. I was kind of in a low point, and, and it just hit me, I mean, in a good way really hard and i i was just very emotional watching it wow. i mean it, it, and i and in fact I, I called joe right when i finished and i was crying <laughs> i mean seriously Aww. and i was just like joe i just watched a movie and it meant so much and he's like okay dave just put down the phone everything's gonna be okay <laughs> but no no it really did and i'm not saying it, it, it the circumstances were such i was just ready and emotionally primed to, to get that message and it really hit me hard in a, in a very very good way uh and i highly recommended it's it's awesome i don't care if you're a woman or a man i think you can learn something about men if you're a woman and you can learn something about yourself if you're a man uh anyways well what did what did y'all think well i i have to admit i actually saw it with his first showing there at saint maximilian colby and the power went out right beforehand and so getting a chance i'm standing outside in the pouring like near the pouring rain because we were in a little awning area and i and i looked at him i said you are so calm right now. Like, like I would be so frustrated, like putting all of this work mm. and all of this energy and getting all these people together and this beautiful, you know, ambiance and like food and, and alcohol and all this stuff. And it's like, and, and it won't work. Like we can't even have electricity, you know? And he said, well, God's will is going to be done in all things. You know, he always says God's will in all things. And, and he, and in that moment of his surrender to God, like within, I don't know, five minutes before it was supposed to start, the power turned back on. Wow. And to me, that was a huge witness in and of itself, in addition to actually watching the film and him sharing his personal testimony and his growth toward Christ. And and yes, I definitely cried during the, the show and I sent it to some friends <laughs> that I was like, you know, I think you need to hear this message too. And, and it's one of those things that I hope will touch a lot of hearts and will continue to grow. I know Joe is big on like, it's going to be free for mm-hmm. everyone, for everyone. Um, and because it is a message of healing and it is a message of hope and it, and it once again ties very closely into the father wound that we see in our culture um, and so but the fact that Joe came out of it I think that's that's um, and he's breaking the cycle and he's being a good dad to his kids and I and that's one of the reasons why we're we're happy that he's able to take this time in Montana even though it's still a work vacation but he gets to take his kids with him too yeah so. all right uh, just about a minute remaining anybody else want to jump in Tim you want to say something about it oh, I just want to let people know where they can get yes, that's it what uh, I was yeah. say. <laughs> livinghislife.net is the website livinghislife.net uh, the, the name of the film is the other side of fear but the website is livinghislife.net um, and it's uh, uh, Joe has a real heart mm-hmm. for men, uh, mm-hmm. but it, when you watch this video, you see where that comes from. Yeah, and I'll just say that it's it's filmed so beautifully too. Mm-hmm. Um, it has moments where it's very aesthetic, but at the same time, it's also very raw. Yeah. So. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that have been kind of cruel for us to talk so much about this film and then never tell anybody how they can watch it? <laughs> but I guess uh, a Google search probably could figure it out as well, right? right. Uh, 
All right, that's uh, segment number one of this Labor Day special of GRN Live. Again, Joe McLean is uh, on vacation on a mission trip with his family. Pray for him as they travel up to Montana. Uh, Dave Palmer here filling in for Joe, not only today, but also next Monday as well. And delighted to have uh, Teresa and Tim and Alex and Cecil with me. So we are going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with more GRN Live right after this. I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network while you shop is easy. Step one, just start off at smile.amazon.com. Step two, choose La Promesa Foundation as your charity. La Promesa Foundation is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio Network. And step three, enjoy your shopping. Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase to the La Promesa Foundation, and it doesn't cost you any extra. La Promesa Foundation and Guadalupe Radio Network, thank you. Welcome back to GRN Alive Labor Day Special. And no, I am not Joe McLean, I promise. I only play him on radio. Uh, <laughs> my name is Dave Palmer, host of the Friday uh, uh, GRN Alive show. And Joe, as I mentioned a couple of times, is on vacation. Pray for him and his family. It's uh, not just a vacation, it's a mission trip. And he's going to be speaking at a men's conference. And so uh, may God keep them safe and, and, and bless him and his entire family. I'm so jealous. Here we got to be doing a radio show and he gets to be out on the road. But that's okay. And I'm joined here in our North Texas studio with Cecil Anderson and also Alex Trevino. And uh, we are, through the, the, the just the miracle of technology, able to connect with KSHJ 1430 AM studio in Houston with uh, Teresa Kamara and Tim Mott. And uh, Teresa, I have asked you to do the heavy lifting during this segment because we're going to be talking about is the pro-life cause and abortion still the top issue in our country, in our culture today, and um, uh, let's talk about that and why people, despite all the other good things that we need to be concerned about and social justice and things that are going on, we really need to be laser-focused on abortion and the life cause. So anyways, welcome to everybody back to this segment number two, and uh, let's get talking about life. Yeah, well, absolutely. So, I mean, right now we're, we're in a political season where it's very easy to talk about the pro-life issue because so much of it is coming to the forefront, um, whether you're looking at the Democrat or Republican convention or you're just looking at politics in general, but I think it's important for Catholics to also refer back to, you know, our Catholic resources. One of them that's super straightforward and basic, um, the usccb.org has put out a document on forming and developing our consciences uh, for faithful citizenship. And so in this, in the introductory letter, it even talks about, you know, quote, the threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority because it directly attacks life itself, because it takes place within the sanctuary of the family, and because of the number of lives destroyed. And, and Dave, as, as you all know, I mean, this abortion issue not only attacks the individual person, that child who is being ripped from the sanctuary of his mother's womb, it also attacks women. It is a terrible, terrible life for women who are told that this is somehow going to be some sort of like reset button. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. And so many of them feel abandoned. They feel coerced. 60% say that they feel coerced. And we're talking about 2,300 a day in mm -hmm. the United States. And so this is this is the main issue. This is, as Lila Rose likes to put it, this is the humanitarian issue of our day. And I like to quote students for Life of America saying, you know,
know, this, we are the generation that's going to change that. And so it's, and that generation is not just Cicel and myself. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is all of us here. And also I'm sure Alex is in, is in that, in that category, but it, He's you know, it's very, years old. <laughs> yeah. with his three kids. <laughs> so, um, and married. Um, and so, you know, it's very important that we keep in mind the resources that are available for these women and to help the workers even to come out. We're, I mean, we're seeing groups, you know, like, um, and then there were none with Abby Johnson. She, I know you, you just interviewed her actually yeah. last week. And so as far as the, um, so it's, it's so important to keep in mind people like her. Uh, I, re- I know my boss actually, uh, Christine Melcher, she says that she remembers seeing Abby outside of Planned Parenthood, you know, Abby being on the pro abortion side and us being on the pro life side. And as we're standing out there, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy because you, you want to trust. You want to trust that they actually want the best for women and that they can come to your side. And that's one of the things that we pray for a lot is that they will have a conversion of heart. Um, Abby has actually worked with over 500 people to come out of the abortion industry. And so I know as I've stood out there, there was one guy on the other side who said, um, you do not judge. Do not judge and you will not be judged. And I, and I looked at the pro-lifer next to me and I said, you know, he's right in the sense that we shouldn't judge so I looked at him and I said look if you really want to help women then come to our side because we actually help women mm-hmm. you know and through through programs like optionline.org and so I mean did, and it was amazing to me during this um, this election you know time uh, looking at the RNC specifically how many pro-life voices there were and I know y'all y'all talked about um, sister Byrne and one of the things that really stood out to me um, from her talk, in addition to all of the quotes that I've been seeing from various Catholic groups, is her quote, keep in mind laws we create define how we see our humanity. Mm. And mm-hmm. that's, and I think that's so essential. And is and Dave, I just want to kind of pass it back to you. Was there something like specific that, you know, that you hear coming out of the the voting system right now, you know, that that you think is going to help us to end abortion specifically. Well, I, uh, yeah, I, I love Sister uh, Byrne. I was th- thinking, the, you know, now on the Republican side, you can feel the burn, right? Uh, just right. Like, <laughs> yeah, but anyways, folks, no, I, I think that uh, I, I was so encouraged because I, I think the issue is finally front and center. As I mentioned when uh, I was talking to Abby Johnson a couple uh, last Friday, a couple Fridays ago, is that it always seemed like the issue was uh, preeminent and so important, but nobody wanted to talk about it. It was like both parties just wanted to kind of ignore it because it's uncomfortable uh but i see that uh i i mean so much uh the head of the pontifical academy for life uh in mm-hmm. the the vatican came out and said politicians cannot promote abortion Absolutely. uh you're seeing uh, black leaders now accusing planned parenthood of systemic racism mm-hmm. um you, you see kanye west coming out and mm-hmm. saying that which i i think you know somebody coming out of hollywood as prominent as kanye west i mean gosh that that, that that's pretty powerful well, and, and one of the one of the arguments that we'll hear from a lot of people is, well, what about the woman's freedom of choice? Like, how can we talk about this without taking away her quote unquote choice? But is it really a choice whenever there is another life at stake? Like, what are you choosing? You know, and and so and one of the issues that we're seeing right now that that we can 
really hone in on is the issue with the abortion pill. Because of COVID-19, we know more people are being sold this abortion pill, and there, there's a big push for the FDA to lower their standards and for women to not have to go into the abortion into the doctor to get an, even an ultrasound, which is so bad. I know I, we talked earlier about how I work for Houston Coalition for Life. I mean, yes, we have our, our three mobile units where we have, I'm sorry, two mobile units in an office where we have free pregnancy tests and free ultrasounds, and we have seen nine 9,400 women choose life, and that's all beautiful. But how many of those women know how far along they are in their pregnancy? A lot of them don't know. A lot of them have, they're like, I think my period was at this time. I think I might have conceived around this time. I, you know, I've heard women talk about how they don't know which guy it was, mm. as terrible as that is, you know, and, it, and it's like, you don't know. And some of them are making a decision based on that. They're making a decision about the life and death of that child based on who the father is. And so we need to know, like, we need to know that every child is precious, that that abortion procedure is going to harm her. She needs to know that it's going to cause, it can cause major damage to her body. And it was going to cause damage to her relationships. But also with this abortion pill, if she takes it later, the chances of her needing to be hospitalized in order to complete the abortion, just to complete the abortion and have the baby come all the way out of her, go way up. And so... I mean, just in 2016, um, there were over 623,000 abortions in the United States, and about 173,000 of these were um, a medical abortion. That means, if we look at the FDA REMS, that means that over between 3,400 women and 12,000 women had to go to the hospital just to complete the abortion. Wow. That doesn't count women who would have gone because they were concerned about bleeding so much. And I know if, if you've watched the movie Unplanned, mm-hmm. um, it shows in, in a graphic way, you know, the pain that a woman goes through whenever they have, whenever they go through a chemical abortion. And, and at this point, you know, the abortion industry is actually trying to, is, is trying really hard to sue, um, uh, Tennessee and a bill that just got passed through Tennessee because they're saying, look, you need to be able to tell these women that there is an abortion pill reversal. There is the ability for them to change their mind if they've only taken the first pill. And the abortion lobby is, of course, furious about this and so you know how are they supposed to be able to how are they supposed to be able to um, make a, a, a wise decision if they don't have all the facts in front of them that it is a child that it can have major consequences that there is a reversal and the thing is that do you know how many women have um do you know how many women have actually had a child saved through the abortion pill reversal process hmm. over a thousand wow over a thousand. Now that's sixty-eight percentile um, positive. I'm trying to think how this how to word this. So sixty-eight percent success rate. There's a sixty-eight percent success rate, and so that means that that many more women called in to be able to try because only they can call in to the abortion pill reversal hotline. So a, th- so. a thousand. Uh, women successfully reversed um, a chemical abortion. Absolutely. And that thousand is 60% of the people that tried to attempt it. Mm -hmm. 
I'm glad you can do the math, Tim. That's <laughs> that's awesome. That, that's a thousand lives. That's that's awesome. You know, one thing I want to point out. Uh, and by the way, this is Jordan Live. It's Monday, Labor Day edition. Uh, glad you're you're joining us. And uh, I, I see that the pro-life vote is really, really important. And I can tell that because, first of all, you can see how much emphasis the uh, the Republicans put into their um, their convention with so many. You know, Nick Sandman and Sister mm-hmm. Byrne and Abby Johnson and their there were a lot of mentions of, of life. And also, I, I, you probably noticed this as well. Um, the, Re- the Republican Party put out like their second term agenda. They have 50 points on it. And originally, they didn't have anything about life on it. And I think it was Lila Rose. Did you see this? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, Lila Rose pointed out, hey, 50 points and nothing about life. And yes, within, I saw that. within like a couple days, I think the Republicans realized, oh my gosh, we, we left that out. They put it in. And not only that, Teresa, you probably know this, within the last couple of days, President uh, Trump has said in his second term he wants to, to defund Planned Parenthood. Isn't that what he said? Yes, yes, I read about that. And and I know that Abby actually covered this in a previous show with you. Um, it, that's going to be a real challenge because it's not like he can just come in and carte blanche, yeah. um, just write an executive order and say they're not funded. There's a whole bunch of legalese and there's a like even looking at the Hyde Amendment, um, there are as soon as you put something into play, part of the challenge is that it can have amendments tacked onto it, which totally makes it null and void. So part of the challenge in in addressing this is that it's going to have to be fought through the legal system all the way. Watch all the amendments, and also it's gonna it's gonna be contested up to the Supreme Court. So the real question with this election, honestly, is whoever we have as president, and I know Abby said this before, whoever we have as president is probably going to be um, going to be appointing one or even two more uh, Supreme Court justices, and that's going to determine whether Roe v. Wade is codified or whether it is actually overturned. Mm. And so, so honestly, that's, that's where the, so the rubber meets the road, wow. as they say. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And there's always an issue of, you know, what can we do, you know, to advance the cause for life? And I want to ask you about the uh, 40 Days for Life campaign, yes. because I, I know that started in Texas and it's spread out all across the country and the world. I know on your website with Houston Coalition for Life, uh, I think that's the first thing you see when you pop on the website uh i've i've been involved in this uh, a few times and it's it's just a great way to get out there i've made some friends i pray you know you just you just feel such a great feeling supporting life like that but why is it important regardless of people where people live across the network that they get involved i think starting september 23rd right so um we are actually partnering with 40 Days for Life International, which is based in Bryan College Station, and we are one of 588 locations wow. around the world. They have actually had, I believe it's over a thousand cities at this point. I know it's in 63 different countries. Um, and so just this work keeps on growing because we want to stand up for the vulnerable. We want to be there for their mothers, and we are completely focused on prayer on on god being the one to intervene and so it that is the aspects of peaceful vigil prayer and fasting of course and community outreach and so being able to to look at that 
and really take it on as a community. I know I was praying with this one man who um, said, um, we need to have our priests out here. We need to have them involved, and they need to say more from the pulpit. And I said, well, let's pray about that. And while Mm -hmm. we're praying... Um, a priest actually did show up, <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't know he was going to be there. Wow! Um, and the pulpit came to you. <laughs> and and by the time we were done, I I looked up and I said, "There's your priest." Wow. <laughs> and and he's like, "And I have." He goes, "You know what? I have all these things that I need to do." So he had a whole laundry list for himself about how he could help end abortion. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about being out there. I get a chance to see the generous spirit of these people as they pour their hearts out in love and also in grief uh, mourning for these unborn children and for the mothers who who have suffered so much already and then also that hope that hope in Christ that we have and that we offer to these women and as a result you know we have seen over a hundred women choose life every single four days for life campaign. We're very blessed about that in Houston as we pray outside of the largest abortion facility in the Western Hemisphere wow. that has the largest research department of all the Planned Parenthoods combined. And we also um, are able to see these women as they look at us and they start to think about why are you out here? Why are you out here in the rain and the heat? And now even with the masks, you know, where we're <laughs> spread out and it just gets that much hotter, you know, and it, and the thing is like, they see that peaceful presence. They see that we're not there shouting at them. We're just, we're peaceful, we're prayerful and they start to think and they, and fortunately we have our big blue bus right there parked six days a week outside of the abortion facility and they will go on the bus sometimes without talking Talking to us, I know there was one couple um, that told us a story about how he had how his girlfriend had gone in and um, she was planning to get an abortion, and he started texting her and said, "Hey, I saw someone kneeling out there outside." on the sidewalk and it's really bothering me why don't you come on out well let's think about this some more and then she didn't respond and so he's like hey um i'm gonna i'll be a dad to the kids you know i know um that you know i'll be there for you and so she actually came out she was planning to abort twins um and she got on the bus and she got the measurement of the twins and she started crying Mm. and we were like okay you know how are you doing and she's and she said they're his and it turned out there were they were the boyfriends that was in the car and so he saved his own biological children and and the thing is like he no one ever talked to him Mm. it was all through prayer he saw the prayer on the sidewalk and i think that's what's so beautiful about this ministry is we do have sidewalk counselors we do want to be able to interact with them we do have the practical aid right there but we also have the beautiful ability to see miracles happen through the grace of God is because we know God is the one who's touching their hearts and changing their minds. All right. And so, so yeah. His uh, website is 40daysforlife.com.org.com. Okay, mm-hmm. dot com. Yeah, 40daysforlife.com. 40 days for life. Life. Com. Starts September 23rd. And I, I know the men, if it's a lot of them, they have, they have 24-hour uh, vigils. And so the men, if you can take those uh, overnight hours, I have really enjoyed that, uh, doing like the 2 to 4 in the morning. It's just yeah. there's something cool about I don't know if you've done that, Alex. Uh, something cool about being out there Not in the Not at 2 to 4 in the morning. But okay, I was wondering day. where you were last time. I was like, <laughs> yeah. where's Alex? Uh, Sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is Jaron Alive uh, Labor Day special, combining the Houston,
Houston and the North Texas uh, offices, uh, well, studios, I should say. And uh, we are down to our last segment. And so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about the National Catholic Singles Conference, including our guest, our guest, exactly half of us are single. Okay. Interestingly, all the women are single. All the men are married in this group. And so uh, we'll talk to Anastasia Northrop, who I've had a chance to meet before about uh, a conference that's coming up September 24th through the 26th. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the uh, final segment of GRN Live Monday edition. Is the Lord calling you to be a missionary? Hi, Joe McLean here, and the Guadalupe Radio Network is calling for rosary missionaries to join with the GRN in praying for very special intentions. Would you be one of them? Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Together, we can bring the power of prayer to bear on a dark world in need of the light of Christ. Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Well, welcome back to GRN Alive on this Labor Day. Hope you are having a relaxing day. Hope you're able to get out and uh, get some sun and maybe a... A grill out or something. Also, remember all the the labor, all the work that's done uh, by a lot of good people across this country. And our last segment, uh, we're delighted to introduce you to Anastasia Northrup, who is uh, with the National Catholic Singles Conference. They are located online at nationalcatholicsingles.com, uh, and they are having a 2020 virtual conference at the end of this month, September 24th through the 26th. And I want to kind of throw it over to Tim and uh, Teresa in the Houston studio because they're the ones that suggested that we talk to Anastasia and so you guys can kind of take it away and uh, lead it where you want. Uh, Teresa, Tim, do you all, all want to start the, uh, the yeah. conversation with Anastasia? So Anastasia, I'm so glad that you could join us today. I actually have a very close friend who um, is part of your GS24 online study group since they were like, you have to have her on. Her national conference is amazing and you have to join. So I, I was like, okay, okay, it's another conference. And then I looked up you, I looked up your resume, if you will, and it, and it says that you studied and promoted St. John Paul II's message on love and the human person for 20 years, having studied at the Intellect, International Theological Institute in Austria. She completed her master's in the Catholic Applied Theology with an emphasis in marriage and family through Maryville Institute in Birmingham, England. And then you were also contributed to various books and articles, and I was just, I got more and more excited as I read, <laughs> as I read through it. No, and I and I wanted to to just ask you and get your perspective. So, like, what do you tell uh, singles who are just really just struggling with the fact of like, why have I not gotten married yet? Like, what what's <laughs> going on? What what would you what would you tell them? Well, I can first of all thank you so much for having me on. Um, but yeah, that's a very good question because, um, and I, I totally understand it myself because that's what I've wondered. Um, as oldest of nine children, I just grew up and expected that I would, you know, get married and have a family, at least six, you know, I wanted a bunch of kids and, um, it just hasn't happened that way. And so, um, but it's, it's, so it's something that's, I think, difficult to struggle with. And I think for me, the best thing has been to have a kind of balance, um, and looking at it and saying, okay, well, um, this is, you know, marriage is obviously a gift from God and it's, it's kind of, we were made for connection. We were made for relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also live in a culture that's very broken. And just like, for example, in world, the, you know, the world wars, um, you know, men went away to battle and, and didn't come back. And so they, you know, their wives and 
or that you know and, and girlfriends or whatever are left without somebody and in a certain sense our culture um i think has um is the same kind of situation it's a culture war and people are self- suffer the ca- casualties of that and so um it's kind of a, a difficult situation but um if we keep you know in mind that our ultimately we're made for um heaven the eternal eternal wedding feast you know the eternal marriage and that we're all called to self-gift regardless of our state in life so for me that's been very um i think helpful because you know i wanted to have a bunch of children but um you know i don't have children and and but i do have godchildren and then i have some other people that god has put in my life and um you know he's used me in their in their lives in a way that brings spiritual fruit i think that's um, super helpful because then you realize, you know, okay, well, I haven't been able to give myself in marriage yet. You know, obviously, it's it's not over till the fat lady sings, right? Like, <laughs> right. Um, you don't know. Uh, I have good friends that have gotten married late, um, and uh, you know, well, so-, so you just you just never know. But it's really helpful to keep perspective. You know, like keep pursuing my vocation um, that I feel called to marriage, but then at the same time. Um, you know, focus on like, how can I be a gift in the present moment and how is God working in my life now? And I think then you can be more joyful as a single person, even though that's not really what you were looking for. That's actually uh, something that I wanted to ask about, uh, singleness and vocations, because when we think of vocations, we're usually thinking of matrimony or the priesthood or or consecrated life. Uh, But singleness, uh, does that count as a vocation um, by itself? Or is it something, I I hate to say that it's, you know, a non-vocation or a waiting period to get into a vocation. That doesn't seem right at all. Um, But how, how do you navigate that? And I guess a similar question, can a vocation change for certain seasons of life, like do we have one vocation for our whole life or do we have one vocation in this season and another vocation in another season? Yeah, no, that's a great question and certainly a hot topic because I've heard people, you know, debate both ways on that. But I think it just depends on how you're using the word vocation. And the way I like to put it is that, you know, we all have our baptismal vocation um, and the vocation to love that John Paul II talks about. And so um, regardless of whether we're single, married, and celibate vocation, um, we still have that root vocation because I don't think personally, and a lot of people that I know that are involved with John Paul II's message and, and things, um, and are single too, like they will not say that just being single is a vocation per se. Like you're not really called to be alone, you know, <laughs> like we're, we're called for community and self gift. So that baptismal vocation points to that. And, you know, the idea of vocation to love does, but, um, I wouldn't say that, you know, God loves us any less because we don't have a, um, if you want to say big B vocation in marriage or, or celibacy or maybe a state of life, um, that's permanent like that. But there is a difference because those who are married or in the celibate vocation have made a, a vow, you know, and given their whole life and their whole person to another person or to God and, you know, in the church. Whereas we have that freedom as single people to still make that gift, um, in a permanent way and we're still hopefully making it every day you know in, in the present moment as we go on mm. so i think it's as long as we keep it away from a sort of discussion of oh like these people are better because you know they ended up married or, or have the celibate vocation right it's not about that it's like about god's will for us in the present moment and how we make the best of you know what we have because when you look at that like those women that lost their husbands in, in war like you know did god will for them to be widows you know, I don't think so. Obviously, you know, his permissive will allows the effects of sin and everything. But, 
you know, do they not have a vocation anymore? No, of course they do, right? But we but all have the universal call to holiness, and right? So exactly, and, and how that how that relationship works, I think, is very important for us to be able to to look at that and just say, like, what is a healthy relationship in the single life as well? Which is something I'm super excited about. Um, but before I get to that, I know Tim had a question. Well, I was just wondering. So, it, with that view, do priests count as singles or not? Oh, no, definitely not. No, they're definitely not. No, they're definitely married to the church. Yeah. Yeah, I like that question. They can still come to the conference and hear confessions. We go for that. I like, no, they are father. Like, I see, so the the daughter relationship, there's no. (laughs) Hey, Anastasia, I want to ask you a question. I, uh, you know, I've been married for 16 years, and I met my wife online, and I was like in that first group of people that were like, wow, you can do this? You can actually meet somebody online, awesome. and and she also was overseas. She was uh, living in uh, living in Holland. She's Irish, uh, but I, I just oh, wow. wonder how you know I you know single life, and it, particularly when it comes to dating, if somebody is marriage minded, how it has changed with social media, with you know electronic the way people communicate these days. And as a secondary question, how the whole COVID thing has impacted single people because you're not getting out as much and you're socially distancing <laughs> so and all that. So can, can you tell us about that in relation to single singlehood? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, the whole online, you know, dating thing, if you want to call that, or online meeting, you know, it used to have a much bigger stigma than it does now, which, and I think it's awesome that you met your wife that way. So congratulations. Um, but I think uh, I've actually heard of several people that are all of a sudden in relationships because maybe not because of COVID, but maybe in spite of COVID or um, or what, because I don't know, maybe people are, you know, getting online more. And then obviously I think it's good if you take it offline sooner than later and meet them in person. And, um, but it's, uh, even though it's not, it, it can be abused in a certain sense of like, we have that tendency maybe to look at people as like a shopping list or, you know, shopping cart sort of, you know, attitude when you're like <laughs> on, on Catholic math or something, where it's not Add helpful, to cart. But, you know, <laughs> you know right? so you, you don't want to do that, but uh, it's a great tool. I mean, I have lots of friends that have met on Catholic Match, and they're very happily married. Um, so it's a, I think, a gift. You just have to navigate it, and um, and I'm excited too. Like about our, I know we'll talk about this in a bit, but like our upcoming virtual um, encounter because um, you know, first you're like, oh great, it's virtual online. I don't need something else that's online. But we have a cool platform that allows people because it integrates with Zoom. People are actually going to be able to meet each other on. Um, on Zoom and the small group discussions and even um, you can see all the attendees that are, you know, participating in the conference and you can um, invite them to like schedule a meeting like a a Zoom coffee date um, during the weekend. And so I think, you know, considering, you know, you got to make lemonade out of lemons. So, um, you know, considering the situation we're in and, you know, people are disappointed we can't get together in person, but um, I think this is the next best thing, which we've, we've all seen in our um, online study groups, the GS24 groups that Teresa mentioned. Um, people were really delighted. They're like, it's way better than we expected, and we're really able to form community. And I've heard of people asking each other on, you know, those level one dates that Carrie Cronin and Mary Beth Bonacci talk about. I got a chance to listen to Mary Beth Bonacci um, and give give a talk about the importance of level one dating and just like, you know, that that ability to be able to keep it kind of more superficial. Like we don't because I know there are people there are people in the Catholic world 
um, who think that they cannot ask a girl, a guy thinks he cannot ask a girl out unless he's almost certain that she is the one. Mm-hmm. And until he can make that pretty close assumption that he can't. And so, like, there's a level, there's a big gap between how do you do and I do. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it takes... You know, a couple of level one dates to get through that. Sometimes it's more than that. Um, and I loved how she, you know, I just loved how she expo- expressed that and the joy of singlehood and being able to meet people and, and be able to take it for what it is. Don't think that you're delving deeper in than coffee if it's the first time around. Is there like and a level so, two and a level three? Or is it, 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 yeah. Actually, that, I so think confused. that's more of like the dating project. I think that, that goes into like, if someone wants to look into that, that was, that was yeah. great advice on that. But I wanted to find out like, as far as your speaker lineup, how did you choose who you chose? Cause you have, it looks like fantastic speakers. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them I know from, um, theology of the body relationships and people that you know have have spoken for us before at the national catholic singles conference um but i am very excited about the lineup because we have um, not only live speakers um and we're going to have the roundtable discussions after that that are facilitated by our leaders um so we have mary beth Benacci doing the kickoff on thursday evening and then father bart um gager is doing something on um discernment he's like an expert in ignatian discernment and father awesome. thomas loya um, he has a uh, provocative title called The Battle Over the Body. And um, I think he's going to talk about theology of the body, but also the body of Christ and the church, like in our current situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dr. John Van Epp, he wrote the book, How to um, Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk. And so he- <laughs> oh, yes. I actually used his material to give a chastity talk to teens, and they loved it, and the teachers loved it. And so I have to say, I have, and we also used it at our crisis pregnancy center for the women. Of course, we're at a different level, you know, explaining things to, to kids versus to adults. But, but I mean, it's it's wonderful. It's great advice. So even if you just watch it for that, <laughs> like that that's good. Oh, yeah. And no, the people, we lose him, yeah, in our group in the summer. They loved it. Yeah. And well, stage, and I, then, I was going to I'm, I'm sorry, Teresa, I was just real quick. Quickly, I want to ask you, is, is the National Catholics uh, singles in the conference, is it strictly for people who are dating or marriage minded or if, you know, maybe somebody is a little older and they, they're not marriage minded, they just want to make some friends. Is that the place for them or is this more kind of romantic uh, uh, oriented? No, it's really for everybody that's single. Um, we have a lot of people that come that obviously are hoping that maybe eventually they'll meet somebody and want to have tools for, you know, healthy dating relationships and marriage but then other people that, um, for whatever reason, they, you know, they're content where they are, you know, they just, they just want the, um, you know, the community and fellowship yeah. and being built up in their faith. And, and I do have to say over the last 15 years, cause it's our 15th anniversary this year, um, I've just seen so many friendships built up and people who stay friends for years and start doing stuff together after the conference. And it's just so fruitful and rewarding to see that. Um, and so I really think it's, it's definitely, um, a place for, for everybody um, and people just it's just a very welcoming group of people um, so and even just, before you came online even before you came on became um, an in a virtual event there were people coming from all over the world right oh yeah we've had people from Canada Australia the Philippines um, Malaysia like yeah <laughs> and how many people, people were attending coming. like in general well, usually at the live events, that's between four and five hundred. Wow, four and five hundred. Is there a cost? 
Uh, yes, there's a registration fee. We have our early bird um, discount actually going on through September the 15th. And um, But the neat thing is that it's not just for this weekend. That, that cost, um, the early bird right now is $149, um, but we have a special discount code for your listeners that we can um, ooh, ooh. pass along uh, for a discount. But that includes um, the access to this platform for a year. And so after the live event's over, you'll still be able to log on and message other attendees that are on there and listen to all the talks that we've that we have because we actually have a bunch of breakout speakers too that are covering anything from your spiritual life to relationships to a talk on um, the Catholic take on, on social unrest which is fascinating in our current you know situation um, today so uh, you'll get to you know get on and, and look at those talks as well so it's almost like a membership for a whole year and maybe if it, by the end of the year we'll be able to all get together and dance like you do at the actual <laughs> at the actual event. Wait, I was wait, like, wait. I saw the dancing and I was There's like, dancing? oh, I want to do that exactly. There's That's dancing. what I'm saying. So, <laughs> Never mind. So, socially up. distanced <laughs> dancing. Okay. You can hold your phone and dance with them, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully right. at that point we can actually be in person. We'll see. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. All right. Well, at least have musicians at this one, even though we don't have dancing online. Well, the musicians, so. All right, so it's going to be That'll September twenty fourth through the twenty sixth, and it's uh, at nationalcatholicsingles.com. dot com. Our guest has been Anastasia Northrup, and uh, thanks, Anastasia. This has been a lot of fun. Appreciate you being on the program with us. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thanks so much for having me. And yeah, the uh, the discount code we have special for you guys is GRN twenty twenty. So oh, wow, look at that. Feels special. Okay, very interesting. And I learned something. I learned about level one dating. Alex, <laughs> did you know about that? I did not know what that. I was. I didn't know it either. Uh, Dave, that makes I, I, I found out idea. about speed dating from my niece. Uh, that was kind of interesting whole concept <laughs> that wasn't around when I was in my my dating world. But Anastasia, thanks so much. Great to talk with you, and hope we can talk to you again sometime soon. And uh, this brings us to the end of our program. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed connecting with the two studios, so Teresa and Tim, thank you so much. Uh, uh, I, you well, should, thank you. Yeah, thank you for letting me barge in on your Monday and be <laughs> part of the show. We should do it again next week. <laughs> okay, you're going to renew the contract, Tim? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we'll bring you back for one more. <laughs> and that'll be interesting because it's going to be the day before the share starts. Oh, my. All right. Busy, busy. So maybe we'll mention the Sherathon a time or two, which uh, <laughs> begins on September 15th. And uh, anyways, more of that. So anyways, I, I thank Alex. Thank you so much uh, for being part of the program. Remember, mission180.org, and you can see the good stuff that Alex is doing. Thanks, Cecil. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Teresa. And uh, again, pray for Joe. Uh, it's not the same without him, but uh, we wish him Godspeed and great travel up to Montana for with his family and uh, on the, the retreat that he'll be participating in with the Kingsmen. And uh, let's see, Friday we'll have the regular live GRN Alive, and then the whole crew here will be back next Monday. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I uh, hope you have a, a very blessed uh, rest of your Labor Day, and the rest of your week will be a blessing as well. God bless you. This has been GRN Alive Monday here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. 
Victory Investment Strategies is a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. They pray for continued blessings on all who make Catholic Radio possible in North Texas. The unique programming is vital to our daily lives. Victory Investment Strategies is a full-service investment firm owned by Joel and Elizabeth Victory, members of St. Patrick Cathedral in Fort Worth. They offer a variety of products and will customize a plan to fit your individual needs. 866-810-6800. 866-810-6800. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be His most sacred heart. Blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen. 